Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host, and Shine, our producer. We want to thank you for coming in and spending this hour with us, and we hope to add some value to your weekend. Um, thank you for joining us. And we are continuing our Protect Your Family series. And uh, what a series it's been, Mark. It's been fantastic. We've had a lot of great people on, and we've got another great one in studio with us now. Yes, and you know him from uh, past shows, Kevin Tom. Thomas. He uh, has helped us develop our website. He's, I guess, the guru of technology. Um, but more than anything, he knows a little bit about everything when it comes to the World Wide Web, about infrastructure for your network, um, protection as far as uh, security, um, and then all of the big shops that are out there, your Facebooks, your Twitter, your even your hardware manufacturers. He kind of understands how those things work and how things can uh, really cause you problems. And we want to just thank him for coming in again, Kevin. Thank Thank you for coming. Good to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. We only had one segment with you last time, and it really felt like it went by quick. Well, it was one segment, but what a home run did he hit? Do you remember what that was? The Java breach. The Java. <laughs> the, the Java breach that was, he, he broke the news, basically. It was. It was the news-breaking thing. Yep. The, uh, the Java situation has been in the security community for some time. Uh, the problem when you have flaws in products, uh, especially when they're made and maintained by large companies, is they tend to quietly deal with the issues and quickly respond to patch any known deficits. Mm. Uh, this is why Microsoft Update, which I think we're all familiar with if we're running Windows, uh, you'll see patches coming down regularly. Mm. Um, a lot of times those flaws are found by private companies and never actually exploited in the wild. Other times they're reported publicly. Uh, what we're going to get into a bit today is what happens when those exploits are reported publicly and companies don't respond. Um, that's exactly what happened in the case of Java. It was publicly reported to Oracle directly on several occasions and there was slowness to respond. And once it's publicly reported, the hacker community tends to pounce. Um, whether it's just a challenge to see if they can do it, whether there's a high-value target where they can actually exploit, extract information, and sell it, um, or go after uh, corporations to embarrass them uh, and cause a crisis of confidence, which is probably the most damaging thing. Uh, if you have a trust relationship, somebody who's got a um, trust relationship with a long-standing company, uh, you certainly wouldn't want to do business with a company uh, that you felt was mishandling your data. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into that today, too, um, how data is handled. But, uh, Kevin, let me jump in and say <clears throat> the, um, uh, the, the security fixes that they send out. Because Sunday after the Homeland Security uh, reported that, they said that, well, they sent a patch to everything and fixed it. So doesn't that solve our problem? For DHS to come out and call out a particular product nationally uh, in, a, in a public forum, 
to make this announcement to the individual citizen that this is an issue is unprecedented. Uh, it speaks to the volume and the weight of the problem. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what could happen and why DHS is now involved. The move to patch what is there closes the one exploit that is known. Security experts are now saying that there are several others that haven't yet been patched and that Java is still a security concern. And frankly, for anybody who's computing now, you've downloaded probably several programs to try them out. You've done a lot of, you know, different things. You've used programs in the past. You no longer use them now. They're out of date. Uh, if you're not using programs on your computer or your tablet or your phone, don't leave them hanging around. Remove them. What, what makes Java different from any other type of program that could be susceptible to this? Well, Java is a programming framework, uh, not so much a program. Now, several programs are written using Java, which means that every program that's written using Java uh, is fundamentally flawed simply because it relies on a platform that is also flawed. So from that perspective, when you're a programmer like I am, you have to pick the frameworks to do your job based on several criteria. It's either customer driven, in other words, they insist that you use a platform, or you pick the most appropriate and streamlined platform for the job and the task at hand. Uh, in the case of Java, it's a wonderful, wonderful programming language. It's, it's very, very robust, and it offers a lot of opportunity for programmers to do a lot of very creative things. Uh, unfortunately now, uh, companies that have 90% of their infrastructure based on Java-based programs are very concerned. Uh, it's, this is not new. Like I said, there, there's been flaws, major flaws for the last six years that have been reported. And ever since Oracle took it from Sun, uh, Oracle has been steadily communicated by the community uh, what these flaws were. Some of them they've patched, some of them they haven't. Some of them can't be patched without a fundamental rewrite of the framework. So even after the patch the, or, that Oracle released, the, the Java 7 Update 11, um, the Department of Homeland Security still warns folks that there are still risks that it poses even after that patch. I mean, that's even the, the government saying that. I will give you a scenario that you probably won't read in the papers because it takes more than a headline and... Here comes another scoop, Kevin. <laughs> and, and two minutes to read and digest. And that is this exploit that existed. What the exploit, how it was exploited was that when you visited a web page, if you were running Java, an applet would run. It would check for your version of Java. And earlier versions of Java are also exploitable. So once it knew what version you had, it knew what to do to get into your machine and how to exploit it. Now it's installed that malware on your machine. Mm -hmm. And that malware now exists on your machine. And unlike in the past where malware popped up a screen and said, ha ha, I've got you. Mm -hmm. It's very quiet and it does its job in the background, very non-intrusive, so that you don't try to remove it. Mm -hmm. And because you've downloaded it and because you've installed it, just like any other program like Word or Excel, a lot of the virus scanning programs might recognize it as legitimate. Mm, wow. Right. So when DHS says, remove Java from your machine, the scenario would be, if you took it to its logical conclusion, I've been exploited. There is now a program on my machine. Removing Java is not going to... 
fix that. However, the yeah, well, the program on the machine that is now running depends on Java to run. Oh, okay. So okay. if you remove Java from the machine, uh, not only do the websites that you go to no longer have the opportunity to exploit you, but this malware that's running on your computer and likely tampering with other very important sites mm. can no longer run. And and so folks out there, just because you have, you know, a lot of people who have Apple products think that they're immune to viruses. That's not correct, correct, correct? iOS has been very good at holding off the exploits, mostly because it's market share, but now that it's grown. Or they're out in front, too, trying to at, warn people. The exploits that happened in Apple several months ago didn't happen to the operating system. They happened to the Java framework within the operating system. This was a Java issue back then. And then Apple decided, pull Java. Hmm. Uh, Apple maintains their own version of the Java framework because they have some very specific needs when they're hooking it into their own operating system. Uh, they made a decision, just like with Flash on the iPad, hmm. that we're not going to run this buggy and exploitable framework. Yeah on our product. Now, let me ask you, Kevin, what is the doomsday scenario for a big company? Because let's just be honest, there's a lot of employees out there that are running their personal computers and not their personal computers, but the company computers. Java's on the system. Malware gets installed, runs through Java. It then, maybe if it's, if it's sophisticated enough, is able to um, get into your network, get very, I mean, very, very sensitive information, right? Is that what the doomsday scenario is? That well, that's on your for way the to company. That's well, it's on your way to doomsday for sure. Right. Um, this notion now of BYOD or bring your own device, mm -hmm. it's nice for IT departments <laughs> because that's they don't have funny. to budget a thousand dollars worth of equipment for each employee. They can bring their own things in. Mm -hmm. uh, in exchange for that, you may let them do some of their own personal computing, and you may let them have some latitude that they wouldn't normally have on a company machine. Yeah. Um, however. The problem with that is it's also bring your own dilemma. Mm. So whatever they've done at home, they brought into your infrastructure. So whatever, whatever problems exist on their machine now exist on your network. If they're hooking in through. But I have a question going back to Kevin's point. If you have a company and they've got a, in, a network and they have firewalls and they've got all the security, is Java still a threat to them inside that network? Well, people are bringing their own devices with Java on it, and their computers have been infiltrated. Uh, it's certainly coming out of your network because it's the old adage of the vampires already in the house. Right. Now, like if I was on, like on my iPad, for instance, I, I use the LTE, for instance. And so as long as I'm not hooking in through their Wi-Fi, anything that was on my iPad would not be vulnerable, would not cause problems with our network if I'm not hooked into it at all, right? Yeah. If your Wi-Fi is using your cellular company's 3G or 4G connection mm -hmm. and you're not connected to the Wi-Fi or wired in directly to your corporate network, mm -hmm. then yes, you are, in essence, not on their network. Okay. Now, let me ask this question. We have about four minutes or three and a half minutes left in this segment, and we have some other uh, things to get to, but I, this is so important. I wanted to ask the question. Um, the one thing that, that could be uh, a solution, and I'm talking about mid-sized to large companies, um, may be for people out there who do own these companies that are local residents of this community, maybe to go to a thin client solution. Would that would that help with um, 
dispelling, not dispelling, but, but holding any of these potential problems from happening? A thin client solution is a piece of the puzzle. Uh-huh. Uh, you can look at security sites and you can see banner ads that are just completely filled with companies trying to solve this problem. Uh-huh. It's a multi-pronged problem. There is no one thing you can do uh, to deal with it. And in terms of the thin client solutions, there's a completely different set of issues that come in with thin clients as opposed to um, your, your iPad is a thin client. Uh, depending on how you want to deploy your applications. Your phone is a thin client. Um, so you certainly do give yourself a, a veil that doesn't exist on a, a natively connected device on your network. Uh, I don't know that that's going to necessarily be germane to our conversation here today uh, with regards to protection of the family. That's probably more of a protection of the right. enterprise conversation. Um, but there is definitely, um, that, that's a good step forward if you're an organization to look at thin client computing. Mm-hmm. Well, the Java thing for people that are out there, it's not so easy. I went in this morning to try to disable mine and I just didn't have enough time. I'm sure I can figure it out because when you click on it or you, I had to first, I had to search for it on my machine because I just didn't know right where it was. I'm sure you would know exactly where to go. So I found it, clicked on it. I could not get it to pop up. So then I control alternate delete and tried to find it and all that good stuff. But once I actually pulled the menu up, <clears throat> there was... 15 or 20 different options and there was an advanced options and this and that. Um, so I need to go back there and, and try to to take it down actually. Should I delete it off the machine or should I just um, disable it? The easiest way to assure that nothing is left that's exploitable in the Java framework is to completely remove it from your machine. Okay. If it breaks any essential programs to your business, you'll know immediately because when you launch them, they won't work. In that case, <laughs> you go back and you download the latest version and that's the best you're going to be and able to do. you just hope. Well, as long as you're depending on the Java framework to run your infrastructure, you're, you're kind of saddled with yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, you know what, Mark and Kevin, you know, I'm thinking about this, and, you know, we have, as Americans, become so dependent on computers for our everyday living, whether it be keeping up with our schedule to keeping up with very important tasks to our personal information, birth date, social security numbers, and like we talked last week, are all of our photographs of our kids, our family, and our extended family. And so, you know, this this type of craziness, this Java breach, is almost as dangerous as criminals and insane people having, um, you know, weapons. And, we don't, and we, we're still too trusting. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, when we get back, we're going to continue on uh, and we'll pull this all around to the protect your family because, you know, we need some solutions. But Kevin has a vast uh, knowledge on many different subjects. So we'll continue this conversation right here on the Housing Hour, WNOX. Tennessee's choice for Fox News Radio, 100.3 WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, 
the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. Join the Housing Hour with host Kevin Ray and co-host Mark Griffith every Saturday from 2 to 3. They'll bring you a fresh perspective on homes and home ownership. Also, check out their website at thehousinghour.com for past shows and special interview series like energy efficiency in homes and protect your family. That's thehousinghour.com presented by Mortgage Investors Group, East Tennessee's home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Home ownership matters, and Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you with all your home financing needs. Whether it's a purchase or a refinance, our federally licensed loan officers are ready to help you sort through all the mortgage loan options. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Clearly, your best choice for news, sports, traffic, and weather. Partnered with WBIR.com. This is 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back to the Housing Hour. Thank you for joining us again right here on WNOX. We want to thank everyone for coming in. And and before we move on with some very uh, fascinating topics with Kevin Thomas, we want to tell you about a company that uh, Mark and I and the Housing Hour believe very strongly in. That is Admiral Title. Admiral Title been around now for eight years. Phyllis Burnett started this company uh, to really help to differentiate uh, the title company that she works at from everybody else, the one that she owns, Admiral Title. Extraordinary service, extraordinary people. They do a great job helping you to get to the end result, which is a closed loan with no hassles and no snags. They're going to take care of you from A to Z. They're going to make sure that you know what you're signing, and they're going to make sure that you understand exactly where to make your first payment. All the things that we direct them to do, they're going to do. They've been around for a long time, folks, and they know how to do things. And Phyllis has been in the real estate business for many, many years, and she is a trusted advisor of me, her and her husband, Terry, um, who also has Terry Adams Law Firm there, and they'll take good care of you. We really trust them, respect them, and we hope that you'll give them an opportunity to. Give them a call today, 865-531-6060, Admiral Title. All right, well, let's talk about let's talk about some other things, Kevin. We're here with Kevin Thomas. He is the owner of, uh, what's the company that you own again? 
Knoxville Technology Services. There you go. Um, so we want to talk about some other things because we're talking about protect your family. The Java is really just the opportunity, but there's some other very important things too uh, sur- surrounding Facebook. And I just really quickly want to drop a couple of things here so that you can um, comment on. One of the concerns that I have when I'm taking pictures and I'm putting them on the internet, and you you raised it off air, but I think about it all the time. You didn't alert me to this. I already thought about it. But I think about, okay, we're we're in Orlando, for instance. I'm taking a picture. I'm basically telling the world, I'm not at home. Hey, guess what? I'm not at home. I'm in Orlando. That means, hey, guess what? The pictures that you saw of my house that I posted is there and ready for you to come and walk into because there's nobody there. Little do they know that I've got a security system. I also have people that stay there and I have a ferocious chocolate Labrador that lives there. So are you saying your friends on friends bu- Facebook would uh, attack your house while you're gone? <laughs> no, well, but see, that's the other thing. Just because you put it on Facebook doesn't mean that just your friends are going to see it. It depends on how you label that post. Uh-huh. So talk a little bit about that, Kevin. Facebook is a wonderful wonderful resource it hasn't even been around for 10 years Mm -hmm. uh, in its current form and it is the preeminent go-to place for most computing that people do not Mm -hmm. just network stuff but i mean everything they do the first thing they do is within the walled gardens of facebook facebook instagram and several other companies. Instagram was just bought by Facebook. Yes, yes, they were, because it is also a wonderful, wonderful resource. Its target audience, uh, it may have been adults, but its current audience is mostly minors, mm-hmm. kids under 18, um, using it heavily uh, in ways that may or may not be safe mm. uh, for them. And so while we're talking about protecting the family, Uh, Let's zero in on the social networks. Mm -hmm. There's a few things that you need to know in 2013 as a parent and and as a user of of the Facebook in general, the Facebook. um, That's what it was originally called, and then it changed to Facebook. Uh, When you're using these social sites, there are some codes of conduct that you need to uh, govern yourselves by. And... There's no place on Facebook that you can go that tells you, hey, here's how you can use the site and here's the pitfalls and drawbacks if you don't pay attention. It's, uh, it's problematic. So what I have and what I do uh, as part of a public service with my company is I do seminars. Um, you can go to netsmarts.org. Uh, I'll put the links in the show notes so you can see these places. And it tells you how to talk to your children about using the internet and the terrible things that can happen in chat rooms and all the things that we're all aware of um, and all the things that we should do with our children. In fact, the Knoxville uh, Sheriff's Department does a wonderful program in schools uh, to introduce kids to the use of the internet safely, which is wonderful. But there's a lot that they're not addressing. And I want to get into very esoterically I want to get into a couple of these things with regards to Facebook the first thing with Facebook and these other other social sites as I started to say is their end user license agreement or EULA or terms and conditions 
You may have noticed that over the years, Facebook's original terms and conditions have changed from time to time. Mm-hmm. And when their terms and conditions change, your content is already there. So, right. it would be, you're in, the, you're in the mortgage business, it would be the very same thing as if I took out a mortgage with you, and then one day you woke up and decided I'm not making enough money off this mortgage, I'm going to change the terms and conditions and your payment will double. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the only alternative you have is to delete your account at that point. And your account doesn't actually get deleted. If you read the terms and conditions, mm. if you delete your account, yes, it's no longer accessible to your friends, but all the content that you put there is still there. Mm. And Facebook has the ability to do with that content everything that they outlined in the original user license agreement when you first signed up, which 99% of the people surveyed have never read. Mm. Now, when they make... 99%. Yeah, 99%. That's because they make it so long. It's like, whatever. Just, I just want to see the, my friends. I, I just, I just want to get to work. Exactly. Now, the problem is when the media makes hay about some of these changes, like Instagram selling your pictures. Right. I, heard, I read that. Uh, they, they have a, a EULA change. You know, that was set for the mid-February or mid-January. Uh, everybody gets upset and they kind of rally around the idea that, well, this is ridiculous. Yet, the original user license agreement that they clicked through and agreed to has all kinds of these things in it that would be very upsetting had they read them. Hmm. Um, frankly, well, whose fault is that? The user or... Well, whose fault is it? When you have a social networking service that puts itself out there as a tool to do certain things, but doesn't fully disclose... Well, they do. It's just... Do they? In the fine print. Do they? If I have pictures up there, and the EULA changes to these pictures that you have there, which were your property, are now Instagram's property. Mm-hmm. And Instagram will do with what they please with my photos. Uh, I don't agree to that. I don't... I can't opt out. My content is already there. I can, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Now... Furthermore, in the case of Facebook, there were some famous high-profile personalities who had agreements with certain companies. Let's say a high-profile sports personality had an agreement with a famous shoe company. As it turns out, they used his image to promote another shoe company that he doesn't have a marketing agreement with. Mm. It turned out to be a big embarrassment. Now, that's an anecdotal Right. Uh, example of things that, that happen, but they do happen. Now, let's let, me, let me just real quick, let me think of another thing that could happen, and you maybe cor- correct me, but let's just say you have a picture, and this could happen, if you have a picture of your child in or wearing a product that a company may sell, or maybe you're in a location that this company wants to promote. Uh, let's just say they have a, a polo shirt on. This is not probably going to happen, but this is just an example. At Disney World. At, at Disney World, yes. And you put it on Instagram. And and let's say, you know, polo is purchasing these pictures because it's legal and they just want to have pictures of people at Disney World with their product on. I'm just saying. They, um, under the um, EULA, whatever you called it, theoretically, they could purchase that picture and put it on the front page of a magazine if they chose to and you could you would have absolutely you could do absolutely nothing 
That is correct. That's scary to me. And or let's say this, because it's legal to have, you know, let's say you have a picture of your son at the lake and he ha- doesn't have a shirt on. And, you know, there's maybe in some country it's legal to have pictures of little boys and have some crazy man pay for that in a magazine. I don't know. I'm just saying that could also be purchased. Well, what under are we this supposed agreement. to do? I mean, what are the options? Well, I don't know. Well, here's the interesting thing. But those are those are possible, right? Before 10 years ago, before social networking, people got along just fine. Now, I'm in I'm in the business. I've been in this business IT for 25 years. I actually do services where I assist people with their social networking. I understand it intimately, both from a legal perspective and a technical perspective. And I myself do not maintain a Facebook account. I do not have a Twitter account that is active. I do not have an Instagram account. Um, other for than the purposes of having access to their EULAs and how they change, to understand the mechanics of their service. See, they, they put out a thing with Facebook a while ago that says, we're going to have everybody vote on our new user license agreement. We want feedback. Well, if 50 Nobody per- did it. <laughs> 51%, 80%, or even 99.9% of the people want something changed, and I don't, that shouldn't penalize me into having to accept it. Now, what they do have is a very complex control panel where you can go and you can opt into or opt out of stuff. Right. Now, there's guys that can look at that, easily digest it, use it, understand it. It's great. Again, it is, it is so convoluted that most people aren't going to use it. I guarantee most people that I've talked to have never seen it or used it, wouldn't understand the ramifications when they started checking and unchecking button, buttons. They have in some cases and made things worse for themselves. Mm. Uh, kids certainly aren't going no. there and playing with settings. Uh, so everything that they're, they're putting out there, they're sharing with their friends, and their friends are friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me, let me give you a, an anecdotal story, or actually, it's an, a direct story with some evidence to this. And what happened was, and I'm not going to say any names, but uh, let's just say a friend of mine, his daughter was was being basically stalked by another individual, um, and it was in a neighborhood that you would know here in Knoxville. And this individual who was doing the stalking had slashed her tires had tried to um, harm a friend of hers. And this has all been documented. But what the real deal is that I want to talk about here is so that you guys know about the Facebook privacy. I was over there talking with them and actually praying with them, trying to figure out what they were going to do. And I said, have you changed? Did you make sure that her Facebook is private? And, And they said, oh, yeah, absolutely. We told her to do that. So I said, well, let's double check it. I went onto my iPad. I pulled up this individual's name. Well, guess what? Pictures of her at the beach, pictures of her at school with her friends, pictures of her with her family inside their home, all right there, readily available to me. Well, that's because even though they told her to change her privacy settings, either A, she didn't understand the, the, the you know, how to do it, or B, she just forgot. Whatever the case was, this individual who was doing the stalking could have easily went in there and, you know, viewed her pictures, um, printed them. You can actually download the original size of the pictures and all that. So that, those are the, some of the things that can happen. Yeah, it, it's, there, there's a lot, and it's getting worse. And as the service becomes more complex, 
Uh, for instance, the purchase of Instagram, their user license agreement was we don't share with third parties. Right. As soon as they purchased Instagram, they had to change that to say, well, we now have to share with Facebook because they bought us. Right. Um, and, they, and they said, somebody said, that most likely will not mean that your pictures will be sold. Well, thanks. That's com That makes me confident. And this new graph search feature that they just announced here recently. Uh, that graph search feature has more to do with novel ways to search your friends and what's going. So you can say, what are my friends in San Francisco listening to right now? And it'll bring up your friends. The housing say, hour. <laughs> right. And, and it'll show their status and things like that. They're not going after Google for general search terms. They're looking at searching within the private, and I say that tongue in cheek because it is far from private, the private Graph, And if you think about graph, just think about an Excel spreadsheet. And in that spreadsheet, there's all the settings about you, what you're listening to, all the applications you've got installed, and everything that you've made, both public and private. So when I query you, it basically queries all those data points and returns what I want to know. It's just another way to, and it's nice for search engines because if you, it changes the name of the page. So as you type in what you're looking for in plain English, mm -hmm. uh, assuming that your friends have exposed that to you knowingly or unknowingly, mm -hmm. uh, you'll be able to get at that, um, that information. So it's nice. Uh, they, they're, they're leveraging the information on you they own already very nicely. Mm -hmm. Here's what's not so nice. And also, just so you know, we're, we've got another segment and we're going to give you the opportunity to go down your checklist just in case we didn't get to it. But go ahead. No, I, I wasn't uh, stopping. Well, well, I'll save the not so nice for the next okay. segment. That that's that's perfect. That, let's just do that. So, why don't we um, wrap up kind of the whole Facebook and the privacy thing, and then when we come back, uh, when we come back, we'll wrap that up, and then we'll continue on your checklist because I know you have some things, uh, some not so nice things that we do need to talk about. And this is an extraordinary conversation. When we come back, we'll have Kevin Thomas. Uh, we thank you for joining us. We'll be right back after these messages. Best choice for news, sports, traffic, and weather. Partnered with WBIR.com. This is 100.3 WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to being your home loan solution. It's just that simple. With over 22 years of experience in the home financing business and over 60,000 clients, MIG is Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender. Whether you're looking to upgrade your current home, purchase your first home, or need to simply refinance to a lower rate, now is the time to move. There has never been a better time to buy a home than there is today. Record low rates, great selection of homes for sale, and sellers ready to sell. This environment will not last forever. 
Mortgage Investors Group has money to lend, experienced loan officers to guide you, and a singular focus of helping you. Contact us and we will help you realize your American dream today. MIGonline.com or 865-691-8910. Equal housing lender, Tennessee license number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group. What's your New Year's resolution? Spending more time with your family and friends? Getting back into shape? Enjoying life more? How about this? Own your own home. According to local statistics, hundreds of more homes were sold last year than the previous two years. The market is back. So, if you're dreaming of a new home, Mortgage Investors Group has the best loan to make your New Year's resolution come true. With 18 offices in Tennessee and the lowest mortgage rates in our nation's history, our federally licensed loan officers can help you with your purchase or refinance needs. Think of it this way. Owning your own home can make all the other resolutions come true. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com or thehousinghour.com. Mortgage Investors Group, making New Year resolutions come true for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. East Tennessee's choice for Fox News Radio, 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back to The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, Mark Griffith here, brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group, been around since 1989, celebrating our 24th year in business. Um, but also, we want to tell you about Capital Financial Group. Uh, you've heard Bobby with the uh, goals that we did a couple of weeks ago, um, Home Ownership Matters series, um, and that was an extraordinary uh, program that we'd love for you to go to thehousinghour.com and listen to. We have that series uh, set up and ready to go. Um, but Bobby and his team do a great job helping you to design a plan that would help you reach your goals, your financial goals, and they have so many services. They do a lot for their clients. Um, we are just absolutely thrilled with our partnership with them, and I know Bobby well and his team. They do a great job. I would recommend highly that you give them the opportunity to come and help you and your clients. If you're a realtor out there, maybe you're also a, a customer of, of ours, um, you can refer these folks to them and know that they're going to do a good job. I highly recommend Capital Financial Group, and you can reach them at 865-246-1680. Okay, we're back in here to the housing hour with Kevin Thomas. And Kevin, can you give your contact information before we forget? Anybody who wants to contact uh, my firm can call me at 686-6948 right here in Knoxville. Okay, and that's 865 area code. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Well, one of the things that you wanted to talk about was the not-so-nice things that people need to be aware of. Go ahead and start down that list. Well, let's talk about some of the things that we live with every day. And these are things that have plagued security from the beginning of the Internet and the way that people use and abuse it. Let's start with email first. Does anybody have friends who send them emails and instead of BCCing you and all the other 50 or 100 people on their list, they just shove everybody in the CC column. I BCC. But yes, there's people that do that. And right. I t tell them all the time not to do that. Right. And when you end up in the CC column, 
That means you're out there for everybody else to see, which you did not give anybody permission to do. And even worse, if any of those people have a breach on their machine, mm. most of these worms work by looking into somebody's email Holy accounts. Uh, particularly Outlook is a good target. Uh, if you're there hanging out in the CC section, uh, chances are you're going to get some viral email. Mm, I uh, get them all the time. Directed from a worm. And what's better is these emails. At the bottom, you might see this email is certified virus-free. It's been scanned and certified to have no problems. That's just plain text. Mm. Anybody can paste that in and attach their virus and send it to you. And yet people think that that little bit of verbiage down there uh, means they're safe. Mm -hmm. And you're not. You need to get into, and what we're going to probably end up seeing here soon, uh, is digital signing, uh, public-private key encryption, and things like this. Because people have to be authenticated in their, in their email communications. In other words, the person you're sending to has to be able to authenticate that you are who you are. And well, there are services out there that are very annoying that you have to respond and then go to this site and fill out the information. Like secure mail and things like yeah. that. Uh, what's nice about services like Gmail uh, is they've already got a lot of that built into their infrastructure. My spam folder in my Gmail is in the thousands. And they do a good job of keeping yeah. that out of your life. Yes. Uh, it's interesting to note that Yahoo only recently enabled HTTPS on Yahoo Mail. Up until then, it's been coming through in clear HTTP. Huh? Okay. <laughs> what does that when you, mean? When you go to a website and they tell you this about e-commerce, is to look up in the top and make sure you see the little padlock, make sure it says HTTPS before the, the URL address and those things. Now, this is going to be one of the critical need-to-know things for 2013, and that is secure communications with your browser and how you go about assuring that you're communicating securely and where and where not to compute. Everybody who's got a cell phone has probably gone to an internet cafe and hopped on their Wi-Fi instead of using their own 3G or an iPad that doesn't have 3G. You go into Panera or any of those places and you get on their Wi-Fi. Well, sadly, uh, and still now, even after everything that's been reported, a lot of people are offering free Wi-Fi, but the Wi-Fi they're offering is not secure. Mm -hmm. If you look at the list of things uh, uh, available Wi-Fi uh point, you know, hotspots, if you will, uh, you'll see that these points are either showing with a padlock or without a padlock. Right. And when I see them without a padlock, I become very concerned. My friends become very excited. They say, oh, free Wi-Fi. I don't even have to log in. That's right. fantastic. And so they start leeching off their Wi-Fi. What they don't realize is everything going from their computer to that Wi-Fi is unencrypted unprotected. That means that I can take my device and I can turn the, my Wi-Fi radio on in my device in what they call promiscuous mode and start collecting every packet flying around in the place and assemble it within this program and start to figure out what conversations everybody in there is having. I can look at the headers in these packets and I can say, well, he's logged into Facebook. Here's his session ID. He's logged into this. And you can kind of rebuild their communications and breach <laughs> that their sounds accounts. Like, that sounds like entertainment for that the That sounds hackers. like forensics. Well, I do a seminar 
that demonstrates this very thing. In fact, um, we're getting into a lot of things here that I cover more in depth in the seminar. For okay, those people good. who want to get more into this, mm -hmm. I realize we're getting into a lot of arcane concepts. Uh, and I don't want to scare people without giving them enough information to feel comfortable that they're protecting themselves. Do you have a seminar coming up? Uh, I've actually got two in the works. And okay, we'll as soon post as those on thehousinghour.com. We'll, we'll have you back to talk about those seminars in more depth, too. Well. Idea. Fantastic. Now, when we talk about free Wi-Fi, if you take your cell phone and you drive down the good streets of downtown Knoxville, as you pass by businesses, you're going to see these Wi-Fi hotspots popping up and disappearing. All the time, yeah. And you're going to notice a certain percentage of them are not secure. And if it's a business and they're using their Wi-Fi to do their cash register transactions or any of these other things, you've now got a target. In fact, Knoxville, and I'm not going to go into specific businesses, but Knoxville is a target-rich environment. <laughs> and it's unfortunate. I don't solicit these businesses directly and bring it to their attention because there's a certain amount of bad reaction that you get when you walk in as a computer security expert and start talking to people about their vulnerable infrastructure. Yeah. For some, pe for some reason, people are more concerned about a security expert in the computer field being near their stuff right. than they are about a locksmith moving in next door. Right. Um, I don't know why that is, but that's been my experience. But I want, and it's our goal, to protect people. So with regards to Facebook on Wi-Fi, schools, cell phones, everybody who's logging into Facebook has a persistent connection. To you're logged into Facebook almost all the time on a cell phone, the uh -huh. way their, their mobile client works. If you're logged into Facebook on your computer, you get this thing called a cookie. Tells you things about where you were last were. You know, there's information in a cookie that next time you go to Facebook, it says, hey, is, is there a cookie in your cache? from facebook.com and if there is it reads it and it can help you figure out where you were the last page you visited whatever information they want to store the bad news is this a, a couple years ago there was a program called fire sheep mm. that you could literally download and install in your browser sit in an internet cafe and people who were interacting with facebook their their profile picture would start to pop up in your browser and you could click on any one of those pictures take over their Facebook session, and do whatever you wanted to. Mm. Even with they had a password, I mean, it didn't matter. Well, if it's unencrypted Wi-Fi, those packets going back and forth, they carry a thing called a session ID. And the session ID in that packet, once you have that, if you're skilled or have the right software and unskilled... Which Fire Sheep would be. Fire Sheep was did a lot of that aggregation for you mm -hmm. and got you right in there. So a 10-year-old kid could download it and breach your account. Mm. Well, if you go to websites now, you'll see the, the plus one, the like button, the retweet button, all of these things. Those buttons, by virtue of the fact that you're in your website, are allowed to look into your cookie cache and say, oh, is there a cookie in there for Facebook.com? Right, to help you log in. Well, not to help you log in. Mm -hmm. Depending on how you look at it, Facebook's strategy was much like the double-click strategy to know what sites you're going to and what ad they displayed to you last. Well, Facebook says any, any site that has the plus, uh, the plus one or the Facebook icon, um, these social widgets is what they're called, they're passed to the website, even if the website itself is secure, they're passed to the website in clear text. Mm -hmm. 
So Facebook knows every time you hit a website, even if you don't click the like button. Oh, so really? they're aggregating every visit to every site that has this widget on the page. Really? Yes, well, really. You help, you, thank you for helping us with our Facebook widgets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what happens there is now Facebook knows exactly what pages you went to, exactly how long you were there. Mm-hmm. And they're and, selling that. And they can way. attach it directly to your account. Yes, of course, because you realize, of course, that Facebook's client is not you. You're their product. Mm. Your life on their network is their product. advertisers are. And if the advertiser can say, look, unlike blind syndicated ads, like what you see with with Google ads, Mm -hmm. uh, they can now tie it to you directly. Mm -hmm. It only helps them market their advertisers like mortgage investors or any other company that advertises on Facebook. Right. The, The amount of income that they're deriving from display ads does not make up their ad revenue that you're seeing right. on their balance sheet as a public company is available to everybody. Yeah. So Interestingly, Mark Zuckerberg did not want Facebook to go down that route, if you believe the movie. It actually was his partner that said, look, we got to make money somehow. So that would be an interesting for people to watch Social Network. It's a very interesting movie. So. Yeah, their, their infrastructure is incredible mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what they have to do to support the activity that's there. So yes, of course, they have to offset that with income. They're up 56% on their stock over the last right. couple of... So now let's get to the user license agreement again. Okay, three and a half minutes. Okay. That is kind of like a contract between you and the, the website, right? Mm-hmm. Well, most people using these social networking sites arguably are young people. Minors. Minors can't enter into contracts. Uh, At the same time, I've got Facebook tracking my kids and everywhere they go. What are they going to do with that data? Mm. There's, there's all kinds of ramifications to that. We got Federal Trade Commission, advertising limitations. There's, there is so much involved with that alone. If webmasters knew that by virtue of putting on this like button on the website, that anybody who sat there on their page was reporting back to the beacon at Facebook, and they could report back that granularly, they may have thought twice about doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can't shut that off. Um, in my opinion, it's a little too invasive. A Google ad, sure, display an ad to me. You already, If I go to another page, you know what ad you showed me last, so you can show me a different one. That's much different than attaching every site I go to to my particular account, creating that demographic in their quote-unquote graph, mm. and then selling it to somebody. So... There's a product out, and I'm going to give a a little complimentary consulting here to everybody, and I recommend uh, highly uh, that you get this uh, and put it into your browser as soon as you can. It is a website called disconnect.me. What that does is it intercepts the ability for these widgets to report back to the site. Mm. And because you're on an unsecured Wi-Fi, while that widget is communicating with Facebook, I, the 'er ne'er-do-well in the corner, can also intercept that traffic. Okay. Well, disconnect 
disconnect.me. This is Kevin Thomas with Knoxville Technology Services. You can reach him at 686-6948. He has some seminars coming up. And this is the Housing Hour. And we want to thank him for coming in. This has been a great series. We're going to have him back very soon because I tell you, this is awesome. Too much information. This is awesome, baby. Got to get it out. Anyway, thank you so much for coming into the Housing Hour. Thank you to Mortgage Investors Group. And thank you, our listener. See you next time right here on WNOX. Sisters sighing in her sleep Brothers got to date to keep you cottoning around Our house in the middle of our street That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.